All right, good morning. Slap your neighbor. You can say whatever you want to say after you slap them. If you're single and the person next to you looks pretty, don't slap them. All right, why don't you grab your Bibles and open them up to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to continue on a series that we've been on now for a few weeks called Unshakable Hope. And uh, we're in our third week now, and uh, we're going to uh, move in a slightly different direction, but we're going to talk about seasons of delay. And um, this world is in need of hope. Amen? Amen. And that hope lives in you. And it doesn't matter what's going on or what you face, you have the hope of the world living inside of you. And I'm telling you, though the political system may look in dire, though the stock market may struggle, though your relationships may falter, there is hope. That this is not a season of fear. This is not a season to be scared. This is not a season of doubt or worry. This is a season to be excited and hopeful for what God is going to do. Come on. I feel like preaching and I haven't even started yet. There is hope to be had, and I'm excited for the hope that lives in me. And the last thing that I want to do is keep my mouth silent. I want to share that hope with the world. And in Hebrews chapter 6, we've read this now the last few weeks, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10, for, uh, we went through verse 20. I want to read just a few verses to you as we start today. Verse 10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. Turn to your neighbor and say, the very end. So that, you, so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, come on, but to imitate those who through faith and patience, our favorite word in the Bible, inherit what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. I love that verse. In my own name, I swear this. Did you ever think about that before? What did God swear by himself? Saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Today I want to talk to you about patience and seasons of delay. Seasons are part of how God operates. We see that in nature. We see fall. We see winter, spring, summer. We see it uh, in, in plant life uh, where they have started as a seed and then they produce roots and then they produce a stem and, and I don't work on a farm so I don't know what's next, the leaves and then the fruit. Right, we see it with the, with the tide. The tide comes in and the tide goes out. The rhythms of life, there's seasons. We see it in our own lives. There's season of growth. There's season of schooling. There's season of working. We see it in, in our finances. There's season of accumulation. Well, first it starts with season of spending, as my kids do very well. Then it's the season of accumulating, and then it's the season of preservation of our finances. There's seasons through all that we do, and there are seasons of delay. Now, I don't know about you, but I am not fond of delays. Every time I get on the freeway and there's traffic, I don't celebrate. I think, why did I not plan ahead and leave 10 minutes earlier, right? Delays, delays can rub you. They can get you frustrated. It's like when I go to Costco and there's 20 aisles to choose from. 
It's paralysis by analysis. And I don't know which one happens to be the fastest. So I see the one lady with two items, and I think that's the one. So I cut off a few people, and I tell them about Jesus, asking them if they've seen this picture before while I'm cutting them off. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a bloody backpack? Anyways. Does anybody know Jad? Thank you, Jesus at the door. If, you ever, if you've ever done Jad and you happen to say it in the wrong order, it's really funny. Forget which backpack or if it's a debit card or a credit card, you can't remember. So I cut them off and I get behind the lady with two items. And invariably, she goes super quick, but then she pulls out the checkbook. And you're like, it's the 21st century. And 20 minutes later, she finally scans the check through the little reader that's never been plugged in before, and I finally get to pay for my items. Or I'm at go drive up to the bank, and there's two lines to choose from. I'm not sure which one to choose. And I always get behind the one who came last, and I got to wait for the person who came up after me. Right? This is why we like Amazon, because we get to have Prime, and we get to get our packages in two days, not five days. In fact, you can get them overnight. In fact, you can just choose to pay for the drone to drop them off right after you press purchase. Right? This is why we like Amazon. Growing up, I hated delays. Before Christmas, before my birthdays, I didn't want to wait to know what I was going to get. And we had a garage with a room on the back. It's where my dad had his, um, his study, and it became the junk room of the house. But I knew that's where my presents were going to be hidden. And so where my parents were taking a shower in the morning, I would run as fast as I could down to that room, dig through to try to find the presents. I didn't mind spoiling the surprise. I just didn't like the delay. The, earlier this year, my wife and I, I don't know where she is. She's being a mom right now. She took our, we took our kids to, to Cabo, to Mexico, first time out of the country with our kids. And uh, it was an amazing trip, um, except for one thing. We, we bought this really, really nice sunscreen. It was like all natural, like Portland, I don't even, Whole Foods, more money than you should spend on sunscreen. And we're like thinking our kids are going to have moisturized skin and be tan at the same time. And about the second or third day, our kids are, look like tomatoes. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing. We spent like 50 bucks on this sunscreen so it'd be all natural. And then the epiphany light comes on and we realize, I wonder if it's waterproof. We bought the best non-waterproof moisturizing sunscreen you can possibly find. And it did not work at all. Then we bought long sleeve shirts. Should have bought that first. But on the way home, we are, are delay or help me here. Where does the airport in between your final destination? Layover. Thank you. Our layover was San Diego. And as we're coming in, we knew we only had 30 minutes or so to make the transfer to the next plane. So we pull in and on the way, our plane from Cabo is delayed. Now we're panicking. We've got two kids who are tired and hungry and we're got to get to the other end of the airport, right? It'd be nice if you got off on A6 and reboarded on A7. No, you get off on A6 and you board on F54. It's on the other end of the airport and they expect you to run there with children. And we're, we look at our kids and we're like, do you want to get left behind? No, run and run fast. Now we're starving. And we see Subway as we're running. We're like, babe, you've got to stop. We need food. 
So, so she elects to stay, and I'm like, children, say goodbye. You may never see your mother again. We don't know if she'll make it to the plane. Now, we're running as fast as we can. Our kids are crying. We're like, I don't care. Run faster. Get there. Do you want to get left behind? I don't think so. Now, we get to the, the boarding door right as they begin to board. Uh, we sit down. We're huffing and puffing, and uh, Tash brings the food and sits down with like 20 minutes to spare because that plane is delayed. Always, always how it works. But in that time of the delay, in that time while the plane was taking its merry time, getting off in Cabo, in the time as we're flying, in the time as we're running in the airport, we are frustrated and we are irritated, and we are worried, and we are anxious, and we are unsure whether we're gonna actually get there when we need to get there. Your attitude and your perspective during seasons of delay are of utmost importance. All of us are in seasons of delay at every stage of our lives. And many of us know that God can do it, we know that he will do it, but he's not doing it. And so what do we do during these seasons of delay? What do we do during these seasons? And we see him all throughout scripture. We see it with Joseph. He has to wait 14 years from the time he has a dream till the time he actually sees it fulfilled. David, 15 years, he gets anointed king. 15 years later, he becomes king. Abraham, at age of 75, gets an audible voice from God, you will have a son. And then he's gotta wait 25 years years. Now you would have thought if there was a time for it suddenly, it would have been when the audible voice of God comes down to you. No, 25 years he's got to wait. We see with the disciples, Jesus goes up to heaven and says, I will send a helper. You would have thought the helper would have come then. No, they've got to wait days before the Holy Spirit comes, right? We see this in our own lives. We're 35. We thought we'd be married at 22, We've been in the same job for five years. We thought we'd have the promotion. We don't yet have the promotion. We thought we'd have a career by now. We don't quite even know what we're doing with our life. We thought our marriage would be better. We thought our spouse would this. We thought our kids would do that. We're in these seasons of delay at various stages of life. And how we feel, how our attitude, how our perspective is during those seasons of delay is of utmost importance. So what will you do? What will you do when you believe that he can but he doesn't? Today I want to give you a few points that I believe will help us stay grounded, help us stay rooted during seasons of delay so that no matter how long it takes, I won't lose hope. No matter how long I have to wait, I won't lose hope. First point is this, in God's delays do not equal denials. God's delays do not equal denials. God's delays do not equal denials. You may be waiting, you may be praying for five years. You may be praying and interceding for 30 years. It doesn't mean it's a denial. In Habakkuk 2, you know it's going to be good when we turn to the book of Habakkuk. That's when the Holy Spirit falls. It's either that or Leviticus. Had to pull one of them out today. Habakkuk 2, verse 3 says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Though it linger, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, it won't delay. 
it won't delay. See, my faith is not in what God can do. My faith is in who he is, and it's in his faithfulness. It's in his goodness, and though my situation may not change, I won't lose hope. Though my situation may look dire, and I don't know when that delay is going to end, I won't quit. Don't lose hope. See, we live in this in this culture of feeling like if I just follow this order, this process, that it equates to uh, getting the finished product. We have this uh, this expectation where where you owe me, and this elitist mentality, and the, it's it's like we we ha- what's the participation trophies, right? Just by showing up, I should get what I want. Like my four-year-old plays in a soccer game. And he plays it a season, and their team goes two for 12, and he gets a trophy this big. And you're like, great at four, bad at 40, right? And we, we take that into life at times when we're like, hey, it's, it's everybody else's job to meet my needs. And, I, and I've graduated college. I should get the partnership role as soon as I graduate. No, you've got to go in as a janitor, and you've got to work your way up, right? Have you, I know you've done the process, but it's not your time. Right, we've been in a job for 10 years and somebody else who's been there for two gets promoted before we do. Right, we've been waiting for opportunity and it doesn't come and we, we create this system and expectation that if we just follow these steps, then, then the answer comes. And see the problem is, is we take that same expectation into our relationship with the Lord. Where if I can just follow this system, if I just go through these steps, then God will answer my prayer. And if I just pray long enough, and if I just have perfect attendance for three months, and if I just have snot, blood, and tears at the altar and pray long enough, and I tithe, then God will honor my request. But see, God doesn't work according to structure and systems in your timeline. His timetable is not your timetable. And too often we get in this expectation mode where if I just do everything in the right order, and I say it the right way, and I, and I ask long enough, then it'll come. You can't do anything that will change God's timetable. Trust in him. Lean not on your own understandings, but submit it to the Lord and say, God, I won't quit. I'll stay consistent. Let your faith be in him and who he is, not in him meeting your needs. See, seasons of delay are not always a bad thing. In fact, many times they're intentionally created by the Lord. See, if you got everything that you asked for right when you asked for it, it would destroy you. And we get frustrated because we're like, God, I've been praying for this for so long. Why haven't you done it? And he's like, for your own benefit. That's why I haven't given it to you because you're not ready for it yet. I can't tell you how many times when we became pastors here at this church and we were like, God, we want to see growth. We want to see increase. We want to see a city saved. And then six months later, we almost lost the building because we hadn't grown and we inherited a massive mortgage. But that delay, that delay solidified something in our spirits, solidified a resolve that you can't shake me, you can't move me because you don't realize what I've gone through. And that delay prepared me so when I finally got the answer that I've been hoping for, it didn't destroy me, but I was ready for it. Delays are there to prepare you. Delays are there to equip you. Delays are there to get you ready for what God has in store for you. And it's during those delays that we need to be aware and not frustrated by the delay, but say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What should I be learning? Where area do I need to be growing in? 
right? We're, we're like, God, we want to just see our city saved. We want to, God, I, I want a spouse. God, I just want a spouse. Why well, haven't got a spouse yet? Maybe you need to, that change needs to start first in you. Too often we're like, everybody else has the problem. Everybody else needs to do the job. The, the reason the city's not saved is because everybody, no, it starts with you. And too often delays are prolonged because you're not being introspective. You're looking at everybody else to take responsibility for. But delays are an opportunity for you to ask yourself questions you've never asked yourself before. What am I really doing? What do I really believe in? Who am I? What has God called me to do? It's in those seasons of delay where we can stop and really investigate our hearts. And I would challenge many of you today that I believe some of you are in real dire seasons where you're really questioning your faith, really questioning whether God can do what you've been praying to do. And I'm here to tell you, it's a time to look at yourself and God's trying to prepare you and teach you and get you ready and to stop trying to pass the buck. And it's not everybody else's responsibility, but begin to say, God, what would you have me learn? Where would you have me change? I want to grow so I can be prepared for what you have for me. Get prepared for the promise. And we see this with David, right? David's anointed king as a young boy. And you would have thought he would have become king right then. I mean, Josiah, age eight, David, could have happened. No, 15 years later. In fact, it would have even made sense after he killed Goliath, right? Perfect moment. This is the moment for David to become king. Doesn't happen. And see, what we don't realize is in seasons of delay, we're so quick to discredit where God has planted us, that where he's placed you is where you're called to till. Where he's placed you is where you're called to live with excellence. I know you're hoping for what's next. I know you're believing, and every morning you're praying for a change to come, but don't despise where you're placed. Because the, the sooner you can work with excellence and be consistent and have resolve where you're placed today, the quicker I'm telling you the promotion will come. The quicker I'm telling you you'll be noticed in your workplace. The quicker I'm telling you people around you will realize something's different about you because even in the delay, you're focused. You've got purpose in the delay. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we read about David. Now David had just been anointed king. And in uh, 1 Samuel 16, verse 14, it says, Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre, which is a harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is fine looking. And the Lord is with him. Now notice the last thing that they mentioned, that the Lord was with him. What was the most important thing? That he was good at the harp. See, David's anointed king. Perfect time to not care about the harp anymore. I'm going to be king. I'm going to rule a nation. I don't need to worry about my harp. But no, God had given him a skill, and he was diligent in the skill. And because he didn't neglect what God had given him, even though it wasn't the promise, 
God was able to use it and place him in Saul's throne room where he could learn, he could observe, he could prepare, he could mature and grow so that when he was finally ready to go into the king's role, he had experience. Too often we neglect the little things in life because it's not the promise. But I'm here to remind you that it's those little things that are the next step, that are the next step. And if you neglect that, you prevent the next step from coming. And we've got to realize that where God has placed you is your ground. That's your ground to till. That's your ground to work and to be faithful and diligent where God has planted you. Right? You're a salesman and you're hoping for the next big fish to come. And so when the little guy comes to you, You don't treat him well. You don't care about him because he's not the big fish. And so then what happens? Your reputation changes, right? That little fish knew a bigger fish, but he didn't come to you because you didn't treat him well, right? This is normal. This is practical things to use in our lives every day. Too often we're waiting for the big opportunity, but if you just were faithful, right? Why haven't I been promoted yet? Why haven't my, why hasn't my boss noticed me? Why haven't I got the next race, right? And all we care about is that, well, if you were just focused on where he had placed you, and if you just worked your best at what you were given with, and stop looking at the next opportunity, just, God, wherever you place me, I'm going to give my best to you because I'm doing it for your name. I'm doing it to honor you. Don't always look to try to get the next opportunity. Be thankful for where you're at, but you still have hope for what's to come. Times of delay are there to create perseverance, steadfastness, resolve, so that when the opportunity finally comes, when the promise finally comes, when the prayer is finally answered, you're ready. You're ready. The next, sorry, a few chapters earlier, Saul, Saul is with his army, and they're coming up to battle against the Philistines. I was telling the young adults last week that the Philistines in the Bible are like those bad guys in VeggieTales that they die every episode, but they keep coming back. And like, I feel like the Israelites are always battling the Philistines. And uh, so they're coming up against the Philistines, and the Philistines have an army that says that they're more vast than the sand on the sea. And uh, Samuel tells Saul, Wait seven days before you go to battle, and after seven days, I'll come to you and will offer an offering to the Lord, a sacrifice, and he'll give you the victory. And so, let me, I want to read this to you. It's 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. It says, now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul. Sorry, forgive me. 1 Samuel 13, verse 6. 1 Samuel 13, verse 6. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical, and that their army was hard-pressed. They hid in caves and thickets, among the rocks and in the pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. We waited, he waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. Remember, Samuel said, wait seven days, and then he'll come. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? Asked Samuel. 
And Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. So here we have Saul. And Saul, right, there's fear, there's worry all around him. What are we going to do? Samuel said he'd come in seven days and he hasn't come. We've got to do something. My men are scattering. The first thing that'll come in seasons of delay is fear and doubt. It's the first thing that will come, right? And so Saul, right, everybody around him is scared. Everybody around him is fearful. What are you going to do? He's getting scared. I'm facing an army. I'm facing an impossibility I don't think I can do on my own. I've got to speed up the process. I've got to do it my way. I've got to do it according to my timetable. And so he offers the burnt offering, and I believe that God actually held Samuel back. Like he could have come, but he just held him back, just, just right around the corner. And then as soon as he finishes, Samuel comes. But see, Saul is like, you said seven days. I waited seven days. Why didn't you come? And I'm telling you, too often we're in such a hurry when our answer is just around the corner and we're too quick to try to do it our own way rather than just staying in faith that if God said he'll do it, he'll do it. And I believe that there's some of you here this morning that you need to be reminded that your answer is just around the corner. That Samuel is on his way. That you don't need to worry. I know there's fear all around you. I know everybody else is doubting you and questioning what you're doing. But don't doubt because it's just around the corner. Samuel's coming. Your answer's coming. Don't quit. Be steadfast in your resolve. Mon, I don't know who that's for this morning, but I'm telling you, your answer is on its way. Your answer is right around the corner. Be steadfast and persevere. Don't quit. Don't lose heart. Hold conviction in your spirit that says, I won't doubt that my God can do it. Your timetable is not his. I feel like, like God just held back Samuel to say, let's just see what Saul does. Let's see how he responds. And too often we're in those seasons of delay. We're getting frustrated. We're getting anxious. It's not going according to plan. God, I've been asking, and I felt like it was going to happen in 2018, and it hasn't happened yet, so I guess it's not my time. I guess it's never going to happen. We've got to remember that God's delays don't mean denials. That's a season of preparation for you. It's a season to prepare you, to get you ready. So point number one, in case you all, I never said it. Point number one, God's delays are not denials. Number two, God's delays are to prepare you. And number three, God's delays are a time to dig your well. A couple of years ago, my wife and I, we went to New York, and uh, it was amazing. We love traveling to places where we can explore, where there's history, and uh, without our kids, hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, we went to a Broadway show. Believe it or not, I sing more than my wife does. She sounds better than I do, but I sing way more. If you came to our house, you, I mean, I sing all the time. I don't know why I felt like telling you that. Felt like y'all were wondering when I told you the Broadway show. That's point number four. And uh, so if our kids don't sing well when they grow up, it's because they've been listening to me for their entire lives. So we went to a Broadway show, and it was amazing. 
and uh, I don't remember which one it was, but it was really good. And uh, what was it? Mamma Mia. <laughs> it's great. And uh, I mean, the quality of performance was incredible. Like just the the perfection and the steps and the routine was amazing. And uh, I, I encourage you, if you're ever there, to go to a Broadway show. And But what's unique about a Broadway show, or really any play for that matter, is you have your lead actor, but you always have the backup lead actor. And that person who's backup, they're just waiting behind the curtain, behind the stage. They know all the parts. They can sing all the right notes. They've memorized it to perfection. They know the dance routine. Like, they're ready. And they've been looking at other people getting promoted before they have, and they're just ready and waiting. They don't know if that's their night. They don't know if the lead person is going to get sick, get injured, but they're ready. And they're in this waiting game, in this constant delay. But see, if they're called upon, and they're not ready, and they've been lazy for the last month, for the last couple of weeks, and they haven't been freshed up on their lines, they'll miss their opportunity. And see, so many of us are in the backup lead role. We're in a, we've been watching other people get promoted. It's not my time, it's somebody else's time. But it's a time for you to get ready. It's a time for you to work on your lines, to work on your routine. So when God calls on you, you're prepared, right? This isn't just a ministry thing. This is in your workplace. This is in your marriage, right? You've been praying for your spouse to get to get saved. God, why won't you just get my, my spouse saved? And the whole time, God's like, I'm trying to get your life right and trying to get you working through all your issues so when your spouse gets saved, you're not a family full of hypocrites. It's time for you to look at yourself to say, how do I get me right? Because I want the answer, but this is a season for me to grow in. Don't despise the seasons of delay because it might be the moment where God's getting you prepared for what he has in store for you. And if you're in that backup lead role and you're getting frustrated and irritated because other people are getting the chance and you haven't gotten you promoted yet and you get lazy, that season of delay will last a very, very long time. Realize that at any moment, Samuel might just walk around that corner. At any moment, your answer might come. Don't despise your seasons of delay. It's your time to dig your well. What do I mean by that? Last year, I spoke a message on digging your well. And in life, we need to have a deep well to resource from at every stage of life. At every season of life, you need a well to resource from. And if your spiritual well is as deep as a mud puddle, you're going to be hurting very quickly during seasons of delay. And it's in those seasons, it, it's a time to get that shovel out and to start digging. No one else can dig your well for you. It's time for you to go to work, baby, and to get that shovel and start digging. Start creating a well that you can resource from. So when you're called upon, you've got something to pull from. When that answer comes, you're ready for it. You've got a deep well. And that requires you to realize that you're not resourcing simply from what you can do, but from who he is. And that he's going to equip you and give you strategies and give you intimacy and give you revelation and give you knowledge and understanding during those seasons of delay to get you ready for when it's over. Don't despise those seasons. Be diligent to stay focused. And even though I might not see how it's going to happen, 
even though I don't know how he's going to make it work, even though I've been in this delay now for 20 years and I can't quite see how he's going to do it, I remind myself that I don't walk by sight, but I walk by faith. And even though I can't see how this road is going to meander through and I'm going this way when I thought I'd be going this way and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, I don't walk by what I can see. I walk by faith. So I know that he can do it. I know that he will do it. And even though I don't see it, I don't lose hope because my faith is guiding my steps, not my sight. I'm not going to just take what's in front of me and count that as my perspective. I'm going to keep my perspective on his promise. And I know what he says about me, and he hasn't failed me yet, and he's not going to fail me now, and he's always been faithful, and he will continue to be faithful to me. I feel like someone needs to wave a handkerchief at me right now. I'm telling you, thank you. I feel you. Too often, we take seasons of delay for granted. We're in a season of delay, and all we can think about is trying to get out of that season. All we can think about is we can't wait till this is over. I've been in those seasons before, feeling that way, and then I get out of them, and all I have is regret. Wishing I had been more intentional in that prior season. Wishing I hadn't taken it for granted because there are things I needed to learn and when I finally got out of them, I wasn't ready. And I was like, dang, I wish I would have grown in that area because I sure could have used that maturity right now. Don't despise where he's placed you. Don't despise it. One last verse, it's not gonna be up on the screen. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18. Two verses out of Habakkuk, it's a good day. Though the fig tree does not bud, and though there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, right? Though there's no answer, though there's no breakthrough, though there's no, nothing's changing, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Not, I will be joyful for what he can do for me. No, I will be joyful because he's my God and Savior. You want to know how to persevere through seasons of delay? Put your hope in who he is, not in what he can do. Don't let your faith be in how quickly it can happen. No, my faith is in my rock, and he will never fail me. He will never forsake me. And even though I tire and grow weary in well-doing, even though I've been praying and it seems like I've been doing it for 20 years, I won't grow weary. Because as I wait on him, I grow in strength. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those who love him. All things. So if it isn't good, it's not over. If it's not good, it's not over. And you're like, oh, I guess it's my time to call it quits. No, if it's not good, it's not over. Come on, I'm telling you, some of you need to remind yourself. You need to remind your faces right now. If it's not good, it's not over. Start believing it. You need to write that on your mirror. If it's not good, it's not over. Don't quit, don't lose heart, because your answer might just be around the corner, and you've been growing frustrated, and there's been fear all around you, and you're like, I don't know if I can trust in God anymore. Your answer is just around the corner, and if it's not good yet, it's not over. 
Don't lose hope. Have unshakable resolve. You can't move me. You can't cause me to falter because I know who he is. And he hasn't failed me yet. Seasons of delay. Man, they're all around us. I think every one of us, if we were honest, we would, we would admit this morning that we're in a season of delay in some area in our lives. We're all waiting for something to happen that hasn't happened yet. How will you stay consistent? How will you not grow weary? How will you not get frustrated? How will you not blame the Lord? Because his ways are higher than yours, baby. He's a lot smarter than you are. Man, if we would have experienced this four years ago, we would have died. I don't think you understand the grace of the Lord at times. We get so frustrated because he hasn't answered our prayer, but it's by his grace that he hasn't. Because if he gave you that fruit on your branches while you were a twig that tall, you would have died. No, he's got to wait till you're mature, till you've grown, till you've had the delay. Then, then the fruit comes. We're trying to get the harvest when we just poked up out of the ground, where our roots are that deep. And we're like, where's the fruit? Where's the answer? I'm an apple tree, and I got nothing to show for it. No one knows who I am. We're in a season of growth. But if you try to make that go too quickly, if you don't appreciate that growth process, that fruit will never come. And if it came too early, it would kill you. You couldn't hold it. Why don't you stand with me? I want to pray over you this morning. And I, I feel like if, if we're honest, there are many of us here in seasons of delay. But I want to be a little bit more specific than that. I feel like there's many of us here who were in seasons of delay that are feeling very hopeless. We're, we're, uh, we're Saul on day seven. And Samuel said he'd come. And then no one here. And we're struggling with whether we maintain our resolve. And I want to pray over you today that it's time that you don't stop believing. It's not just a good journey song. I know you all thought it as soon as I said it. Don't lie. Now it's going through your head. I hear you. Come on. I'm not going to sing it, okay? Stop. <laughs> but I think if we're honest, there's, there's many of us here who are feeling like we're on day seven, right? We've, we've been walking around those walls. We thought they'd fall. They haven't yet. We've been praying for a while. And I want to pray over you that hope and faith would come in and deposit something in your spirit today to when you walk out those doors, you're going to have the, the perseverance to remain, to not quit, to be steadfast, to wait patiently. Abraham waited patiently. He was 75, 25 years later. Finally, the answer came. Trust me, that's way worse than what you're waiting on right now. He was 75, bro. So if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand, and I want to pray faith and pray hope, pray perseverance in you. So I just want you, if that's you, raise both hands, and if you're standing next to them, I just want you to put, your, put a hand on them, and we're going to pray. 
Well, I feel like there's a lot more than that. If you're in a season where you're, you're feeling hopeless, like you need an answer right now. You're waiting on a word from God. You might even have impending deadlines coming in where you need an answer, like you've been waiting. And if you're, if you're here, I want to pray for a second group, and it may already be people with their hands raised. If you've been praying for somebody in your family to come to know Christ, I want you to raise your hands and that hope would be restored and that you wouldn't grow weary. So if there's somebody around you that has their hand raised, put a hand on them. You might have to get out of your seat. Church, and if, you're, if you've got a hand on somebody, just begin to pray hope. Begin to pray hope. Begin to pray hope. Begin to pray faith. Begin to pray, pray trust. Don't despair. Don't grow weary. It will come. It will come. Your answer is just around the corner. Your answer is just around the corner. I know it might not look good. I know it may look ugly right now, but it's not over if it's not good. Father, we ask for faith to be stirred and deposited in Jesus' name, for hope to be deposited in Jesus' name. Father, we ask for Lord, that we would put an extra uh, uh, measure of trust even on you this morning to say, God, we put our timetable on the shelf and we choose to trust you. Father, not according to our understanding, but God, we choose to trust you this morning. Let perseverance, let steadfastness come into everyone's spirits this morning that we won't quit. We won't lose hope. We will stay consistent. Deposit faith this morning, Jesus faith be stirred faith be stirred everyone who's been praying for a loved one we call them home in jesus name we just declare it in jesus name salvation in jesus name don't despair don't lose hope don't despair don't lose hope let faith be stirred in us this morning to not stop believing an unshakable hope that we won't quit in jesus name Amen.